beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. All right, photogenic. That is the episode title for this service experience this morning. We've been teaching the series Transferring Trust. And uh, maybe just in case you missed out on something we said last week, I want to say it again, okay? Um, we're living in times and seasons where your trust needs to be transferred from things to a person. Some of you cannot talk boldly because you think you don't have what it takes to talk boldly. So we are transferring our trust. People are largely... Um, predisposed to trusting things, the presence or the lack of it. We are moving that trust to a person. So we are trans. How many of you have ever transferred money from one account? There was a time one of the banks was totally misbehaving and just doing a lot of stuff, and people were moving their resources to other to other institutions just to keep it safe. Okay, in your case. All right, we are taking our trust away from things to him. Amen. Uh -huh. And you need to learn this because the season should already give you sense. All right, that um, in the world, things are not smiling. But for us, we are always up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are always up. So that's the idea for transferring trust. You want to take your trust off of things and put it in him amen and then i told you that during this series we are going to be giving you revelation to hold i get what i'm saying things you can trust things you can hold on to things you can believe um i have been living my life with the revelations from god's word literally i'm telling you literally and let me tell you, if you do that, you won't have to wait for anybody to give you a handout. Nobody needs to give you a handout if you will live your life according to the revelations that are coming out from the Word of God. So this is supposed to be and will be a very impactful service experience for you this morning. Can you say amen? amen. All right, so God does not have a future for your life that is not attractive. I want that to sink. God does not have a future for your life that is not attractive. God does not have a future for your life that is not photogenic. God does not have a future for your life that is not photogenic. So the reason why you need to know this is so that you do not have to waste your time with anything that is not proven to work. God wants you to receive these things 
so that you will not waste your life or your time with things that are not proven to work. Now, I, I want to say this as I, as I continue. All right, listen, there's no time to waste beating around. There's no time to be trying and erroring. There's no time to be trying to figure things out. Okay, so you can't waste time. You have to latch your life on things that are proven. And God is proven. In other words, God is worthy and deserving of your trust. God is worthy and deserving of your trust. So if you will put the scripture that we started with, um, I enjoyed teaching out of that scripture last week. Um, the Bible says he will show you things to come. He will tell you about the future. Now, let me ask you again, just for emphasis, do you have the Holy Ghost? Yes, sir. I want to hear you. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Yes, sir. Okay, so the Holy Ghost is not cliche, right? I told you last week, he's not, um, what's, what do they call it? A party souvenir. The Holy Ghost is not a party souvenir, all right, that you receive and keep and just not use. You know, I told you last week that so many, if you see how some people struggle for souvenir at, in the party, in fact, if you don't give them the souvenir, you are a sworn enemy, okay? They struggle like that, and then they go home and they just keep it. It's like a nice display. You hand fan, hand fan, hand fan is stand, sitting there on your table now. You're not using it to do anything. I get what I'm saying. So people, people relate with the Holy Ghost as though he's some souvenir. But you see, he has an assignment to you. He's supposed to be telling you about your future. It means your future shouldn't come to you by accident. Your future is not a chance thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your future is not happen, is not happenstance. All right? Many people are, are thinking that, you know, listen, let me tell you something. God has designed your life to be an exact science. Mm, an exact science. You're not going to stumble on health. You're already healthy. Do you understand what I'm saying? A lot of people live their lives as though, you know, let's just keep doing One day we're just going to stumble on something. No. God has given you an instrument with which you can know about your own future. And I'm telling you, it's not, I'm not saying the future of the church. I'm not saying the future of the nation. I'm saying your future. Your future. I'm not saying the future of the nation. I'm saying your own future. Amen. And it will take some discipline, okay, for you to sit down and learn about your own future. So what it means is that spirituality ceases to be, I always say this thing, spirituality ceases to be a feather in the cap or it's something we use to show that we have arrived. Spirituality is security. Spirituality is you, listen, spirituality is like you having an investment in hundreds of millions of dollars where you know you're retiring. You know, you know in, in most countries of the world, they ask you to put something aside for your retirement, for your pensions money. In the U.S., they call it the 401k, something like that, okay? You know that I'm setting something aside in my future that I'm going to use. Thanks be to God, we don't get gray and old, amen? amen. But what I'm saying is that there's a down payment, there's an investment of the spirit that is available to you as a believer, not just to the pastor, available to you as a believer that the Bible says will tell you about your future. 
So your future life is not happening to you. You're the one telling life how to go. Are you getting what I'm saying? Things are not, it's not happenstance. I'm not going to wake up one day with a cancer. No, because the Spirit of God does not have that in my future. Can you say amen? Amen. So I'm only going to take delivery of that which the Spirit of God has for my future. I get what I'm saying? If you send something to my address I didn't order for, I'm going to reject it. Yes, yes, Glory yes. to God. Hallelujah. You send me a sickness I didn't order for, I'm going to say, that's not mine. Yes. Woo! That's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't have my name on it. Yes. That's why the Bible says that you might know the things that are freely given to you of God. In other words, there are things that God is not giving to you. Yes. So that you get to know. If you send a failure to my house address, I'll tell you that's not me. That's not for me. That's not mine. Can you say amen? amen. So that you, he will tell you about the future. Now let me show you another scripture. Um, Proverbs chapter number 20 and verse 27. I love this scripture. I love it. Proverbs chapter number 20 and verse 27. I want everybody to read it together, and then you give me the HCSB. All right, but let's read it together. Want to go? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. I want you to read it again. Read it again. Want to go? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Put it in the HCSB, and let's, let's look at this. All right, let's read it together. Want to go? A person's breath is the lamp of the Lord, searching the innermost parts. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. It does not say the spirit of the Lord is the candle of the Lord. It says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. You'll get this in a moment. Just, just follow me. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Man is a tripartite being, right? Spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of man came to you how? The Bible says at creation that after God made Adam, all right, Adam was not alive, okay? He, he had been formed, but he was not living. Then the Bible says God breathed into him his essence, and then man became a living soul. So if the spirit is not there, pay attention to this, so this will help you. If the spirit is not there, man is a carcass. We can agree, right? But when the Spirit's breath, so the, the breath of God came, and then man began to live. Man became a living soul. Now, here's the idea that we, are, that we are postulating here. That the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Okay? Now, when you put on a candle, what do you do? You use it to ensure that there is light. Okay? Now, listen. The Spirit of man... Is how God listen. This is powerful. The spirit of man is how God gets you to understand. Listen, many of you think that, that you are a soul. You're not a soul, you are a spirit. You have a soul, you live in a body. Your soul is your cognition, your soul is how you relate and interact with the world around you. But guess what? Your spirit is more real than the soul. So here's how it works. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, and this is what he's doing. He's bringing you two kinds of lights. If you're not saved, he's telling you the light that you need a savior. Yes. I guess what I'm saying? Two kinds of light. So a man who, is, who, is, who has been born, listen, okay, let me put it like this. Every human being has a spirit, true or false? True. 
Good. You don't need to be born again to have a spirit. True or false? You already have a spirit. When you are born again, you have a recreated spirit. Do you understand? Good. So if you are in Christ, your spirit is recreated. If any man be in Christ, the new creation, all things are passed away. But every human being on the face of the earth has a spirit. Now, the Bible says the man's spirit is the candle of the Lord. In other words, what light is shining in a man's spirit? For the unborn again guy, the light shining in his heart is you need a savior. For the saved man, the light shining in his heart is coming to an understanding of the inheritance that Jesus has purchased. Listen, this helps you not to live your life patterned after the environment. Oh boy. This is good stuff. I like what I'm trying to show to you. Let me explain this. Man's spirit was given to him and designed as the way God will relate with man. Not your soul, not your body. So, man is not relating you according, uh, God is not relating with you according to your feelings. Your feelings are soulish things. God is not relating with you according to your feelings. He has put a program with which he is relating with you, and that's the spirit. And let me tell you, the spirit, whether saved or not saved, sees differently. You are advantaged if you are saved. So for the man who is not saved, the candle in his heart would be, Savior is coming for you. You need a Savior. That's the light he will be hearing all the time, leading him to a Savior. For you that is saved, eh, the light in your heart is coming to inheritance. Coming to an understanding of all that you have received in Christ Jesus. This is important so that you don't live your life patterned after your feelings. So by feelings, I may not feel anointed. But by design, I am anointed even in my sleep. By feelings, I may not feel rich. But by design... God has given to me all things that pertains to life and to godliness. Listen, it was an installation that God puts inside you right from your creation. For us in Christ, right from your new birth. So that he never has to relate with you by your feelings or by your soul. It was a pre-programmed stuff. Such that if God wants to find where you are, he searches you out in the spirit. He sees you and knows you in your spirit, not in your soul. God doesn't know you in your soul. Oh, yeah. You know yourself in your soul. God knows you in your spirit, whether saved or unsaved. Thanks be to God, we are saved. Amen? And so God relates with you. It's a pre-design. Listen, let me explain. Your phone is just a case if the OS is not there. Your spirit is the OS. No phone can do what the OS was not designed to do. Mm. Touch, 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 it won't respond. Try, 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 it won't try. The reason why your case is responding the way it's responding is because the designer put an OS that when you flip this way, it will flip this way. When you do this, it will do this. That OS is the Holy Ghost. Sorry, it's your, it's your recreated human spirit. 
So let me tell you, if there is no program failure in the OS, there cannot be program failure in the phone. That's why for you as an advantage, you are now in Christ Jesus, recreated. Ah, it's even better. Because now, listen, for the guy who is not saved, his spirit, right, is, is, is there's, there's a yearning for a reality of who I am, okay? But for you who is saved, your spirit is alive to God. I want to put this thing very well. Your spirit is alive to God. So what it means is that there are things that are true about you simply in your spirit. They are true about you in your spirit. They, listen, they may not be true about you in your experience, but they are true about you in your spirit. Like your spirit doesn't need to grow up. Your spirit is grown. Your spirit has come into full maturity. There are things about you. That's the reason why many people are engaging in this world, yeah, using their soul as the navigation. Because if you don't pray a lot, you're using soul. I know. You're using soul. If you're not a person who is yielded to the spirit, and it's not spiritual conversation, it's just a wisdom thing. I know where I'm from, and I know how. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let me, let me explain this. Let me try to explain further. Huh? Material should be ironed, right? Yes. Or should be steamed, right? If we go and carry something that doesn't function with the material and introduce it to you, you know, you destroy it. That's the same way. There is a way you've been designed to live your life. You were designed in the spirit to produce certain results. Now, many of you must come to know yourself in the spirit. You know yourself in your soul. But you need to know yourself in the recreated spirit. And the only way to know yourself in your spirit is to stay with the one who created you. So when the Bible says he will tell you about the future, there might be conversations going on between you and the Holy Ghost that nobody else is hearing. The environment doesn't have the capacity to produce it to you. That's why when you hear something in the spirit and you confer with flesh and blood, they might mislead you. You heard something in the spirit, then you called somebody to say, how do we do that here? Then they start telling you how impossible it is. <laughs> so here's what this scripture is saying. A person's, put that King James, please. The human spirit is the candle of the Lord. In other words, how does God pass certain information to you? He passes it through your spirit. How do you get to know who you are? You get to know who you are through your spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? There is a light with which your spirit. So, if anything, hear me and hear me real good. I want to, I want to lay this thing before I enter what I'm teaching. If anything does not exist in your spirit that has been designed by God for you, if it doesn't exist in your spirit, it's not yours. If sickness does not exist in your spirit, you can't have it. If failure doesn't exist in your spirit, you can't have it. You see, listen, failure might look like it has come, but that which is in your spirit will overpower it. If fear is not in your spirit, you can't have it. So God gave a design of how you will always be identified. You will always be identified in the spirit. Look at me, everybody. We don't try to enter the spirit. We're always there. 
that's your frame. You are allowing this body to, to deceive you. Your real frame, you are a spirit man. You are always in the spirit. You are a spirit man having earthly experiences. You're not an earthly man trying to be spiritual. Say amen, church. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is the real thing that I'm talking about. You're not a body. You are a spirit. If the real guy lives, the body will be lifeless. So God wants to relate with you in the spirit. Listen. So, listen. Look at how it works. The Bible says the spirit is the candle of the Lord. Searching the inner, inward parts of the heart. So, look at me, everybody. The spirit. Thank God. Say, I'm born again. Say it with me. Say, I'm born again. So, your spirit is searching your soul and checking any feelings that is not of God. That's not you. That's, that one is not you. Failure. That's not you. Broke. That's not you. Depressed. That's not you. He's searching to see what is in the soul that lines up with the real you. Those things in the soul that lines up with the real you, he magnifies. The things in your soul that are not in sync with the real you, he scatters. I guess what I'm saying? He starts to bring you information. Ah, no, that's not you. You're not timid. Timid. Timid is in your soul. Your spirit is not timid. Fear is a function of the soul. I guess what I'm saying? You have to start learning how to be fearful. You have to start learning how to be sorrowful. Sorrow is not, you are not born with sorrow. You have to learn to be sorrowful. Listen, you keep considering things, considering things, considering things. You marinate around things that are not working so much that you start learning to be sorrowful. Sorrow is a learned behavior. Grief is a learned behavior. Poverty is a learned behavior. Scarcity is a learned behavior. Amen. Amen. Lack is a learned behavior. So there's a way a person can be in the spirit. Listen, following the Holy Ghost. You think the Spirit of God will tell you anything about, about your future that is not attractive? Look, if I look at your face now, and I'm not looking at your face, amen? You may not, you may not consider yourself to be photogenic. You may not see yourself as photogenic. And I'll try to be very moderate today, amen? You may not see yourself as photogenic, but in your spirit, you are attractive. Hi. Because God did not put anything in your spirit that is not himself. You are responsible for what you eat. God is responsible for how your spirit looks. Your physical body may be a reflection of your eating habits. 2 a.m. you have woken up to look for a bar. Hmm? 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Some people are looking for bread. You understand? Of course, that will have an effect on, they might have an, might have an effect on your physical body. So, yeah, you guess what I'm saying? But has not your, your listen to me. Listen to me. You are, you, and I'm not, of course, you know, this conversation, I'm not body shaming anybody. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, your, your spirit, uh, no, I don't know why some people are now. Your spirit is not overweight. Your spirit is not trying to trim down. Your spirit is exactly as Jesus is. Because you're in Christ. Say amen. Amen. Your spirit is not battling with self-esteem. 
Your spirit is not battling with identity crisis. All the things you're learning about yourself in the soul, they are from the world around you. That's why with your cognition now, we're not absent-minded. Like we don't, Then we just wake up and then the installation has taken place. No, you have to sit in class. You have to hear God's word. Let him replace those old modes and put new ones. For example, you are hoping and you are, you are, you are thinking, ah, this life, we go half arm, we go hustle through. You know, and then the Spirit of God is saying, sit down. Many of these things, it's not by, don't, don't be trying to hustle your way out. Sit down and be taught your identity and then decide in your heart to run with that identity. That's all some of us have been doing for years now. Now, I don't need to impress you. Listen, I don't need to impress you. Let me tell you. Listen, this is good stuff. Your spirit is something long before your body and your soul catches up. Ah. Your spirit is already something long before your soul. So here's what's happening. Because your soul and your body hasn't caught up, you think you're not it. You are it because God has designed you that way. And God did not design you with inferior materials. He designed you with things out of himself. Have you thought about it? It was God's breath. God's breath. It wasn't bad breath. It was God's breath. Sorry, I didn't. You know, these things happen. I don't plan this thing. You know, I don't plan it. was God's breath. Say, say this with me. God's breath. God's breath. God brought me to being. Do you know what that is? You came out of God himself. Your essence is of God. We worship God, right? Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? For who he is. But now at some point you need to look at who you are. And then begin to worship him because of how he made you in his own image. You understand what I'm saying? It was not he is tall, you are tall. He is short, you are short. All of us are different heights. I get what I'm saying. So in his own image does not mean one is tall, one is short. He has nose, we have nose. No, his own image has to do with his essence as a spirit that he has put in us. There are no impossibilities in your spirit. None. The impossibilities you see, they are learned. Because you're living in an environment where there are impossibilities. I dare you, I swear to you, I dare you. If you were living in a place where you didn't have to lack, you would not know lack. If you are living in a place where all things were provided, you will not know what it means. When you come to some places and you hear, ah, you people don't have power. Hey, really? <laughs> ah, ah. I have to learn how to live like that. So where I'm from, there's always power. Now, there's a way you will talk in the environment like that from your spirit. Because your spirit is recreated. You say, ah, you people, are, you have sickness in this place. I've never seen sickness in my life. And you won't be lying. The Bible says, them that dwell in Zion shall not say, I am sick. You won't be lying. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In other words, so let me ask you. If the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, shouldn't the spirit of man be your own candle too? If he's the candle of the Lord, it should be your own candle. Because it was created in God's image. So if there is no failure in your spirit, then that's your can-do for life. 
I, do you understand? That should give you an insight into how your life is supposed to go. If it's not in your spirit, it shouldn't be in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. So, brothers and sisters, you see this photogenic we're talking about is a spirit matter. Ah, you are attractive. Oh. Ah. In your spirit? Yeah, you are attractive. Oh. You are attractive. And the conditioning of your mind can begin to affect your soul and your body. So say this with me. There is no future that God has for me that is not attractive. Say it again. Say there is no future that the Father has for me that is not attractive. Say it one more time. Say there is no future that the Father has for me that is not attractive. So... We are transferring trust, all right, by giving you things to hold. And that's the first thing I've just done, to show you that God relates with you from your recreated spirit, not from your soul, not from your body, from your recreated spirit. God values you from your recreated spirit. God evaluates you from your recreated spirit. You might evaluate yourself from your soul. From what you think you know about yourself. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can we go a bit further? Okay. Now, let's look at 1 John 5 and verse 6. We're still talking about the Spirit. So, I want you to write this down before we proceed. It is what God is guiding you into, that is what you should trust, not how you feel. It is the truth that God is guiding you into that you should be trusting, not how you feel. Listen, if a man realizes that they are spirit, it wouldn't matter whether they feel like praying or not, they'll pray. Because you realize... Your feelings is just nothing. The real thing is that you realize that you're a spirit. Glory to God. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you enjoy to know what is to come? Hands up. He will tell you things to come. Okay, so you want to... How many of you like to be taken by surprise? Just everything in your life takes you by surprise. Everything, including your baiting this morning. <laughs> You baited this morning by surprise. You just, ah, I'm in the bathroom. What? How did I arrive here? <laughs> How many of you like to live life like that? How many of you like some certain level of assurance? Yeah. If you don't put your hand up, I know you're a liar. <laughs> How many of you like a lot of assurance? How many of you would, would get up, leave your house, travel somewhere, not knowing that you meet the person? Let me see your hands up. No, 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 no. <laughs> You see, what I'm describing is how some people are living life. We don't know whether we'll, be, whether, whether we'll be healthy or not, but let's just keep going. We'll see as we get there. No. We don't know whether we'll be prosperous or not, but let's just keep going. We'll see. Life will determine for us. No. There is a spirit in man. I get what I'm saying? So if he will, guide, if he will tell you about your future, then what you should know is that the future is telling you about is bright. You are not leaders of tomorrow. <laughs> you are. <laughs> hey, this. 
Jesus. You're not leaders of tomorrow. You are living in God's future for your life today. Amen. Listen, I say you are not leaders of tomorrow. You are living in God's future for your life today. Let me explain. It is because you know this future. That's why you're patterning yourself well today. You understand what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. So I know that tomorrow I'm going to meet Queen and all of that. I will most likely plan what I'm going to wear today because I know that I'm going somewhere tomorrow. So life is not happenstance, especially in the things of the spirit. It's not happenstance. It's not by accident. What he shows me about the future helps me to talk today. He has shown me that there's prosperity in my future. So I don't align with failure. I don't align with poverty. I don't say I'm poor. I'll be rich tomorrow. No, I'm rich. Why? Because God has shown me my future and he has shown me all that is in it. Listen, you will get this in a moment. Babies don't grow up to have hands. They are born with it. They only learn how to exercise it. Babies don't grow up to have kidneys. Oh, now you are now eight. I see you you need a kidney. Let's install it. That's a lie. The baby is born with the kidney today. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that fashions how they live their lives. They will not have a kidney tomorrow. They have it already. It may not be in your possession. You may not see the function of your money right now because it's not in your physical, but guess what? It's in your life. There's nothing coming into your life tomorrow that is not already in your life now. It's only manifestation we are talking about. When you know this, it guides how you talk. It guides how you see yourself. It guides how you dress. Ah, I'm a successful... I'm a success. I'm not trying to be a success. I'm a success. Say amen, church. Some of you are thinking, ah, when I get to 40, they will install some 20 million. No, it came pre-installed. You have it in you already. And you give the Lord a shout of praise. 1 John 5 and verse 6. Aha. Thank you, Lord. Now look at this. It says, this is he. Let's go to verse 5. Start from verse 5. It says, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So stop. The Bible says in John 16, that when the truth comes, he will not speak concerning himself or about himself. He will speak as revealed by Jesus. So what he means is that your future is simply that which Jesus has provided for. Yes. Anything Jesus did not pay for is not in your future. Yes. Say amen. In other words, a man of the spirit. How do we know a man of the spirit? A man of the spirit is a man that truly learns to exalt Jesus. And what Jesus has done. Say amen. amen. See, listen to me. A real spiritual man will always point to Jesus' finished work. You're a fake if your spirituality points you to something else. You are real if your spirituality... So how do we know the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost always points us back to Jesus. So let's look at this. Alright, it says, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he... That believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So we have come back to our source. This is where we started from. This is our source. Verse 6. 
I want us to read this together. Everybody want to go. This is he that came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bears witness because the spirit is truth. We heard about truth. He's the spirit of truth. Now he's giving us further details. So if you see, this is he that came by water and blood. Your question you want to ask yourself is, what's the essence of water? What's the essence of blood? How does this go ahead to tell me about my future? Amen? Amen. If he's telling you this is he that came by water and by blood, listen, what I'm telling you now is that the photogenic that we are talking about, the attraction in your life is founded on water and blood. Somebody are like, ah, P.O.D. Oh, yeah, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Show me. Are you ready? How, when they ask you, how is your life attractive? Say water and blood. How are you photogenic? Are you will see it in a moment. Just calm down now, because some of you are pulling me. Chill. <laughs> How is your life? I told you, I said, you will receive things to trust. And you will hold on to them as your trust. If what I was doing now is explaining all your investments to you, what will you do? P.O.D. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Transfer the button. Hand over. Give me everything. I'm telling you, ah, um, um, Joy. Ah, there's this, there's this island in Barbados. It's worth 250 million US dollars. All right, it is yours. This is the, these are the papers. These are the papers. Spiritually, that's what I'm doing to you. If I show you all those papers, I say these are the papers. These are the legal documents and everything. Will you trust me? Will you buy a plane ticket the next day? Will you travel to Barbados and go and see your island? As you are listening to me, you are traveling in the spirit. Amen. Into all that God has for you. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. As you are listening to me, pictures are being painted. Amen. Are you getting something? Listen, I'm showing you eh, that the next promotion, you won't have to beg for it. Amen. I'm showing you that the access you need amen. to personalities of repute, you won't have to scramble for it. Amen. As you are coming, they will say, they will say, and some of you, you may, you may not have big things in your future. Me, I have, and I know you do too. I know, I know. I see your faces. I see, I see big things in your future. The access you need for it, you won't have to beg for it. I get what I'm saying. They will say, I've heard about you. Come, I need to have conversations with you. In fact, as you are talking, they will say, that thing you are saying, it resonates with me. It will not be by your own sweat and blood. Because Jesus paid his own sweat and his own blood. And you say amen. amen. He says, this is he that came by water and by blood. So he's saying, one came by water and by blood. His name is Jesus. So we want to understand, what is this water? What is this blood? All right, let's go. Are you ready? Yes, Matthew chapter number 3. From verse 16 to 17. Matthew chapter number 3. From verse 16 to 17. Ah, lovely. All right, let's read together. One, two, go. And Jesus, when he was baptized, uh -huh. went up straightway out of the water. Uh -huh. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. Uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. I want you to shout this out loud, everybody. Want to go? And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's the first one, by water. Now, listen. You have to listen very well. We're not asking you to go and look for water baptism. As you go and look for water, look for a basin. All right? And then, as you are coming out, you too, you will hear, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let me tell you. Hey, the power of God is upon what I'm saying. Everything that happened to Jesus happened to us. I'll show you. I'll show you in scripture. As Jesus was being baptized, it was us. I will show you. I don't want to jump. I'll show you. Everything, his death was our death. His burial was our burial. All right? His resurrection is our resurrection. When he was baptized, we too were being baptized. Look, he's a picture of us. So hear me. When God was saying to him, this is my beloved son. He was saying t- to you too. Hallelujah. Oh, say amen. amen. Say I'm in him. I'm in He's in me. So when God was shouting, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He was talking to you as well. Glory. Say amen. amen. So we're not looking for water to be baptized. And I'm, I'm, I have nothing against baptism. No. But that's not the symbolism of this. Jesus went down. Listen. So, you ask a question. P.O.D., why was Jesus baptized? It was identification. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you don't baptize God. God, I baptize you. Can you baptize God? You say, I, I, God, I baptize you in the name of God. Be baptized. Can you baptize God? The power of God is upon listening with your two ears. When Jesus was baptized, that was him identifying fully with man. Taking your identification. There are ways that Jesus identified with us. One was in his incarnation. The other one was in his baptism. When he was baptized, he said, I'm fully man now. I've identified with them. I get what I'm saying. With who they are, with what they are about, with all that they've been through. It was identification. You don't baptize God. So when God was baptized, he was saying, I am now fully identified with man. If you missed it in incarnation, don't miss it in the baptism. <laughs> I am one with them now. So whatever he's hearing God say to him is what you two should be hearing God say to you. We're not looking for water to be baptized. I'll show you in a bit. But thank you, dear Lord Jesus. So look at what, after Jesus, it says by water and blood. I'll get to blood in a few moments. But let's start with water. All right? Look at what Jesus heard when he came up out of the water. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know why Jesus is hearing that? Because he has identified with us to take our place and die our death. And God is saying, I'm well pleased with Jesus. For making this bold step. Who will go for us? Here I am, Lord, send me. So now, I am pleased with you that you've agreed to go. Listen, you've not performed any act. I am just pleased that you have agreed. So, this is the same faith that befalls everyone who comes into Christ. You came with prepared pleasure. Yeah, I get something. God is pleased with you already. So let me ask you, what does your future look like? Your future looks like the one who God is pleased with. Truly photogenic. Very attractive. If you are the boss, eh? 
you are the boss. Victor, you are the boss. Okay? And there is this one guy that you are just pleased with. And you have ability. And you have potential. You, have, you are willing and able. You know, there are some people who are willing, but they are not able. There are some people who are able, but they are not willing. But you, you are willing, you are able. Eh? And here is this guy who has now become the object of your pleasure. <laughs> I will spoil you. Lavish you. That, you, know, you know how you know, there are other people in the room, but this one is just exempted. There are some things that they can do and get away with it. Others, if you try it, if you try it, I will shoot you. But this one can do it and get away with it. They are the object of his pleasure. So now what does the future look like? For the one that God is well pleased with, photogenic, attractive, because all that you need to accomplish all that God has for you, he has given to you already. Can you say amen? amen. Say this with me. Say my future is attractive. My future is attractive. Say my life is attractive. my life is attractive. Why? Because it looks like the life of the one God is pleased with. Let me tell you, without settling this thing in your mind, you keep asking questions. Is God pleased with me? Is God happy with me? And then some people will wait until they are on their deathbed before they make peace with God. What a life. What a life. You lived all this long, not knowing that God was pleased with you until you were on your deathbed. What a life. Not being sure that God was pleased with you. Now you want to quickly confess before breath leaves you. What a life. I pity that life. What a life. You want to quickly say everything you've done. Lord, peradventure, it be that I have, you know, Lord, just peradventure, peradventure. And what kind of life is that? And let me tell you, for such people, even that prayer, they can't trust. Even that last prayer, even that last prayer, that one, that last one, they can't trust. They will still now say, well, Lord, it's not just about what I have prayed. I leave everything to your mercy. How can you live life not sure whether God is pleased with you? What, what's going on? What manner of life are you going to live? Do you know that there is a creativity that comes with being sure? Do you know that there is a kind of creativity? If you put, some people say, put, put, put us under the most pressure. You see, if you give me lemon, we'll make lemonade. Shut up. Just shut up. If you put kids in atmospheres where they are safe and they are well cared for and they are sure that they are accepted, you see them at their best. Yes. This is the way God designed you. It is possible that ingenious thinking is missing in our world today, largely because, especially among believers, largely because people are not sitting down under this consciousness. So you want to, you want to take beats, you have to take, you have to take this thing. You have to take that. Why? <laughs> Why? You, then you now put Christian, I'm on a <laughs> and you now put Christian lyrics inside. Why now? Why? Why now? Why? Tell me why. So your Holy Ghost, not the Holy Ghost. Not your Holy Ghost. They are Holy Ghost. Because I want to believe that nobody here. <laughs> I get what I'm saying? So your Holy Ghost is so dumb that it cannot give you ingenious sound from heaven, direct, ingenious sound. Like it's, it's sound, it's fresh. Why do we have to copy this one, copy that one? Why? No, tell me why. Why? Just why? Oh and if I'm touching toes, so those toes should be touched. <laughs> Let it be touched. You say, hey, all sound is from God. I know. 
I know. But why is it that one that you have to go and import? Have you noticed that it seems as though we are the ones who keep importing their sound? Yes. They should import our own. They should import our own. Take our own sound and sound it. Hi. Hi. Sound my sound. I get what I'm saying? And then to you, that's your understanding of being woke. We are just being woke. These church people, they don't understand our wokeness. Shut up. That's not wokeness. I get what I'm saying? You are just not tapping into ingenuity. Ingenious sound doesn't have to copy from the world. It can come from your spirit. Let's assume God gave them all of that creativity, which we know he did. Yes. I guess what I'm saying? Okay, so that same God doesn't have unique one to give you. What are you talking about? I guess what I'm saying? You will stay in that place. See, let me tell you. They are, they are, I don't want to sound potter well. I know they do that one. There are just some depths that people will enter in the manifestation of the Spirit eh? that Jesus has paid for. But because your own is just testing the water shallow like this, look at how people, I've read my Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I prayed. I've communed with the Holy Spirit half hour long, five minutes. And I'm not talking about the time here. But my point is, if this is life, why are you relating with it scarcely like this? Is that how you breathe once a week? This, this. Oh yeah, try now. Try. Breathe once a week. Let's see how far you go. I'm teaching you. Once a day. Oh yeah. Try now. Breathe once a day. Let's see how far you will go. Can you go the next one hour? Once one breath. Oh yeah, let's see how far you go. That's how sp- people are living their spiritual lives. On one, no wonder. No wonder the pre- is on oxygen. <laughs> no wonder it's like <laughs> no wonder, no depth, no breath. It's not like you don't have it, you're just not accessing it. It's yours. I get what I'm saying. No breath, no inspiration. You see people. <laughs> Ah, what's going on? Huh? It's like feeding once a month. In fact, it's this air oxygen one that I need to just breathe once and take it for the next three months. You know you will gas out. So why are you doing that with God's presence and God's word? They call you for service. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. We came to this life to make money. Meanwhile, scripture says, surely, goodness, mercy, they will be following you. You are not running after them. They are your attendants. They're asking you, what do you need? You say, ah, there's a vision we need to, well, send them, send goodness. Go and bring all that we need. Mercy, send mercy. Go and bring all that we need. Now you're the one pursuing it. You've left your exalted place to go and chase shadows. Now you're not, you are not, you're now you're surprised why you are tired. It's just Monday. You're already tired. Monday, you're tired. God wants you to wake up every day fresh. Fresh and refreshed. 
It's like bring on the day. I'm ready. Whatever comes my way today, I'm going to superimpose my reality upon it. The week has not started. You're already gassed out. Quality presence, quality life. Oh, yeah. Quality presence, quality life. And I'm not just talking about that time you spend in devotion. I'm talking about consciousness every day. That the Lord is always with me. My dear, quality life. Oh. You will not catch yourself struggling for boss. Fighting conductor for change. Say, I don't care. Even if it's a billion, I don't care. Just don't fight on the road. What's that? See, on your mat, set. Listen, say this with me. I always trust that I am never disadvantaged. Even if something looks like a disadvantage, say it, say it. Even if something looks like a disadvantage, it always comes around for my good. That's how to talk. That's how to live. Say this life, you know, as you are getting to the bus stop, you start rolling your sleeves. So, uh, say, you have, they say, ah, what are you doing? Ah, you have to be alive. You don't know. <laughs> Forget it. You don't know. No, take it easy. Don't rush for anything. God is on your side. Say amen. Let's look at another water, another water-like experience. Thank you, Lord. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Glory, Glory, hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 17 from verse 1 to 8. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. All right. Let's read together now. One, two, go. And after six days, Jesus... Take it, Peter. I want you to take note of the names. Oh, Jesus takes Peter. What does Peter represent? What's the meaning of Peter? Petra means what? Rock. Right? James and what? John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Next verse. And was transfigured before them, and his face sh- did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as light. Next verse. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. God is painting pictures here. First you have Peter, James, and John. And then you hear a mountain. Alright? And then now you have again Moses, Elias, and Jesus. Okay? Now, some of you might ask, um, but how is this connected to water all right how's this how 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 is this that is going on connected to water i'll explain all right next verse next verse then answered peter and said unto jesus lord it is good for us to be here if thou wilt let us make here three tabernacles one for thee one for moses and one for Elias. Now, listen. The first time I told you when you heard water, 
I was talking about identification, right? I'm saying it's not really about the water per se. It's more about identification. This is another time Jesus is representing identification to us. That what is happening to me is happening to you. That you are transfigured from trusting in the law to believing in the realities of my grace. Transfiguration is that you are changed. Changed in figure. There is a figure of the law. All right? It makes you timid. It makes you shy. The law makes people beggarly. There is a figure of God's grace. Paul, every time he was talking about the figure of God's grace, he was talking about liberty. Stand fast in the liberty where we Christ has made you free. De- bold declarations, bold confessions. You can talk without thinking. All right, let's continue. So he says, let's build three tabernacles. You know what a tabernacle, a tabernacle is? A tabernacle is a place where you dwell. So he says, let's build three tabernacles. Let's dwell with Moses. Ah. Let's dwell with Elijah. And then let's, or let's dwell with Jesus. Look at what some people are doing. They dwell with Moses in the morning. They come in the afternoon, they dwell with some Elijah. Ah, ah, give me some fire. Then in the evening, they come to Jesus. They say, Jesus, it's all you. Tomorrow morning, they start with Jesus. Then they go straight to Elijah first. Then they come to Moses. How can you be doing this? How many house rents do you want to pay? Stay in one house. Say Amen. Next verse. While he yet spake, God did not wait for him to finish this utter babadosh. <laughs> this utter uselessness. Peter. <laughs> him and his mouth. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So the first time you hear, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, is endorsement. Yes. The second time is an instruction. Yes. Hear him. Hear him. In other words, the attraction in your life, the photogenicness of your life, will be based on who you are hearing. If you hear Moses, I, uh, <laughs> I pity you. Not only will you produce legalism, you will also transfer legalism to others. Yeah. If you hear Elijah, Elijah ah, ah, everything is fire. Everything. You, you, are not, you, you are not even fire. But if you hear Jesus, you're hearing the grace of God. So I want to show, show you this. So this is very important. So, Jesus, so God said from heaven, I am well pleased with him. And I told you that your future would look like the future of one that God is well pleased with. But now I'm adding something to it as you are hearing him. I hear him. I told you last week now, he doesn't have anything to say to you that is not in the plan. He cannot show you a future where you died sick. Hey, oh, oh. Lord God Almighty. Let me tell you. Just that you are available for this to enter into your heart, you have escaped. Say amen. amen. So the first one is he is well pleased with him. That's what your future will look like. And then we're asking you to hear him. You know, hear content. Hear life-giving content. Jesus said, I am life. 
the way, the truth, and the life. Many people think they come to God to receive what he does not have to give. He doesn't have sickness to give to you. Now, can I show you something? Do you have my BBC picture up? Ah, yeah, put it. Just look for it. Look for it. I want to show you something. So, a few, a few years ago, in 2018, I want to show you something, and then I'll just quickly rush and go away. Because the reason why I want to show you is so that you don't think I made it up. Let me tell you, I research you before I come to teach. BBC spoke to some lady, Dr. Carmen Livery something, from University College London. They spoke to her and did this publication January 6th, 2018. And the topic of the research is photogenic research for taking a perfect selfie. Huh? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, Pastor, you listen. If you can put it up, just put it up. So this research was done, and then they said to get a photogenic, perfect picture that is photogenic. You have to do two things. Number one is the camera angle. They say to tilt it from up above a little, okay? And then, so that has to do with how you are seeing. Tilt it from above. Wow. Mm. For us, it's not a little, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> then the second thing they said, this is it. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. The second thing they said is two things. Number one, the camera angle. Number two, the quality of your eating. Yeah. Ah, I say, ah! What this will do for you in the natural is what we, I'm teaching you will do for you in the spirit. Many of you are living landscape life. You're living landscape angles. Everything I see around me, that's all. Tilt it above. Just tilt the camera angle above a little and start seeing from a perspective. Start seeing from a realm. There is a realm. If you see from that realm, ah, photogenic. Number two, in the natural, they say eat good food, you know, let your body be shining, you know. <laughs> in the realms of the spirit, you are as good as the solidness of your message. Feed on the lamb slain. Feed on Jesus. Feed on Jesus. What is true for them naturally will be true for you in the spirit. Photogenic. Two things. One, tilt the angle. You are looking from around. The Bible says he that observes the wind will not reap or sow. The Bible says the kingdom does not come by observation. So you don't look around. You look within. So you tilt the camera angle. And when you tilt that angle, you'll be hearing lofty words that are not in your environment. Number two, get your feeding right. This is how to build a photogenic life. I'm not talking about photogenic picture. You're already fine. Amen. Amen. But of what use is photogenic picture without photogenic life? You post picture in the morning. Ah! Pepper them. You look like the whole world is, you know? <laughs> but you don't have a photogenic life. If people come into the real life. Some of the people who are sending you a picture from abroad to pepper you. 
the reality is not photogenic. You. Uh, <laughs> I get what I'm saying. But I'm talking about living a photogenic life such that you are feeding on the right thing. You are hearing Jesus morning, afternoon, night. You are hearing how that he loves you, how that he has forgiven you all your sins. You are listening to Jesus. In other words, for the matters concerning how your life is going to turn out, don't listen to Moses. Don't listen to Elijah. Elijah will tell you that there's a punishment to come. Elijah will tell you that there's something you did that you have not paid for. That judgment is coming and it will land on you. Moses is telling you, some of you think that the law is 10 commandments. No, there are 613. Failure in one is failure in all. If you miss one, you've missed all. So don't listen to Moses. Listen to Jesus. Now let me tell you, if God is endorsing Jesus and saying hear him, the question is, are you hearing him? Hear him. Hear him. Hear him. He holds the future for your life. Hear him. I said to you, Jesus does not, does not have anything to say to you that is not in the design. That is not in the plan. You will not arrive at a life where you failed. A life where you were sick. But pastor, how do you know that some people will not die as a result of cancer? I know because that's not what Jesus is saying. Am I helping somebody today? Yes, sir. A disease can break out in the environment. You will heal it. You won't contact it. Yes, yes. Say amen, church. Amen. You go into a place, everybody's confused. You're the wise one. Yes. You're the wise one. Your words are always full of wisdom. Whenever you open your mouth to think, to speak, it is wisdom that flows out. You go into a space, people have been failing and failing. You are the successful one. Can you say amen, church? But the quality of your life is the quality of who you're hearing. So how do we tilt the angle to stop looking at what is in the environment? Literally, what we are saying to you, read your Bible, pray every day, listen to the word of God, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, let him tell you about your future. Too much in the news is in your ear. Okay, you are afraid now. Because you heard the price of this has gone up. We want to produce more joy in your heart when you hear that Jesus has paid for all your sins. Can you say amen? amen. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Glory, hallelujah. So, hear me, church. What science is coming to know is what we already know. You want to take a photogenic selfie? Trust me, follow what she's saying. You arrive there. But you want to have a photogenic life. Tilt your angle above. Tilt how you see. Make it above. Praise God. And then feed on Christ. Hear Jesus alone. Can you have exclusive hearing? Yes. I hear nothing else but Jesus. If, if I hear an opinion, I go to check what Jesus has to say. And I follow what Jesus has said. Listen, let me, look at me everybody. You will have to decide to live your life in this narrow way. When Jesus said narrow is the way, he did not say what narrow is the way does not mean difficult is the way. He says narrow is the way that leads to life. Few dead be that find it. 
it is not in, it is not to be interpreted as difficult is the way narrow simply has to do with options not how hard it is narrow means your options are only narrow in other words you have only jesus said i am the way the truth and the life so narrow is the way that leads to life you too you have to make your life narrow in other words concerning everything in your life have only one option what jesus says Concerning your peace, one option. Your joy, one option. You know, many people tell you, put your eggs in many baskets. You don't know. Put your egg in Jesus' baskets. He will always deliver what he talks about. Glory to God. Put that scripture uh, on the screen. Matthew 1 and verse 8. Matthew, 1, Matthew 17, 1 to 8. I want to show you something. I want to show you Are you ready? Okay, I want to show you something. Where were we? Where, where did we stop? Five. Verse 5, right? Okay. I'm rambling. Next verse. Verse 6. Let's read together. One to go. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. Next verse. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise be, and be not afraid. Uh huh. Let's read together, everybody. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Now, look at the next verse. Next verse. There's something here for you. Next verse. Everybody, read it together. Want to go? Uh huh. Is he risen again from the dead? Why did he say, tell the vision to no man until the Son of God is risen from the dead? Why? Why is that important? Because this thing that you have seen, hey, the power of God is on this. This thing you have seen, I am going to legally make it yours. I'm going to legally pay for the experience to be yours. I guess I'm saying, what I am, you know, remember during the Red um, series, I told you that Jesus died, was buried, rose again, and then he ascended to heaven to present his blood. So now that he has presented his blood and it has been accepted, what do you think if Jesus were to be here today, what do you think he'll be saying? Tell this vision to every man because Jesus has paid fully for it. So tell everyone who cares to listen. When he came down from the mountain, he says, don't tell anybody because the legal transaction to make this a reality has not been settled. But now it has been settled. Are you not sure it has been settled? Now tell this vision to every man that Peter means the law, stone. James means supplant or replacement. All right? John means grace. So tell this vision to every man that the law has been replaced and supplanted with grace. Alright? And then you have Jesus, Moses, and Elias. Tell this vision to every man. That God is no longer well pleased with you by Moses or by Elijah. But he's well pleased with you because of Jesus. Tell this to every man. If you don't tell this to every man, you are stopping them from stability. You are stopping them from being attractive. That which makes people's life to be attractive is in this truth. Hear Jesus only. I promise you. See, except you have coconut head, which you don't. Amen? You don't, isn't it? The Bible says there were people who stood with Jesus. 
as they walked around with him. They, they observed that they were not learned men. In other words, they didn't go through the educational system. They under, observed all of those things. But they noticed, ah, <laughs> something has changed though. And guess what? The only thing they could attribute it to was that these men have been with Jesus. You need only one ear. You need to give your ear to only one voice. And that's the voice of Jesus. Learn to skillfully tune off voices that are not Jesus' voice in your heart. Turn it off. Listen, those voices will come loud and strong. You know how to turn down the volume of your radio in your car? Turn it down in your heart. Turn it down like that. And then consciously bring up the voice of Jesus. How many of you has it ever happened to that? Maybe you're trying to pray or meditate. Your mind keeps wandering, wandering, wandering. It goes this way. It goes this way. You can bring your mind back. That's the same way with, your, with the message of the gospel. You can always bring your mind back. When the enemy says, ah, you remember that day? That day? That day? You remember the rain was falling? You know where you were? That day? That day? Bring that mind back and say, there's a new day. There's the day that Jesus paid for. That is where I'm standing on now. Listen, you see, because your future is as attractive as your understanding that if God is well pleased with Jesus, he's well pleased with you. Now listen to me. There are things that attend to a life where the higher is well pleased with the, with the subject. Do you know? There are things that follow. They are attending things that follow being well pleased with someone. So if your life is... Let me, let me give you an example. So you see somebody, he has... An attractive life, right? He's on Instagram, has an attractive life. It is because there are things that common people don't have that he has access to. So it looks like his life is attractive. What I'm saying is that whilst for this guy, it is somebody's money that is supplying those things to him. For example, somebody named Risky, who is sponsoring his life? <laughs> who is sponsoring the lifestyle? He has, oh boy, the power of God is upon what I'm saying. Listen, he has no known source of income. He has no known source of whatever. He has no known source of income. All we know is that a risky person has chosen a risky life. And then he is now risky in the way he has chosen it. Are you getting what I'm saying? And somebody somewhere who identifies with this life is paying for it. So he seems to have everything that everybody is looking for. Because somebody else is sponsoring that lifestyle. You take your own cue from the gospel. And let the the gospel sponsor your life in Christ. And let the gospel sponsor your life in Christ. Listen, there is no no bill you bring to God's table that will say too much. So say, let's go. Let's go. How far can your eyes see? Amen. Amen. Say this with me. I'm being reprogrammed. I am being reprogrammed. My mind is open. My mind is open. Hallelujah. So now, can we tell this vision to every man? Hallelujah. That Jesus died. Say this with me. Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again for me. So let's take notes a few of these things. Revelations 5:19 to 14. Colossians 1 and verse 14. 
Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Acts 20 and verse 28. I have to rush now. What kind of setup is this? This is not fair. Ah, ah. Alright, let's just do one. One, one, we're done. Put Revelations on the screen. Amen. Revelation 5, 9 to 14. I want us to read together in concert. And as you read this in concert, listen. God's presence is upon you. This is your life. This is your story. Say this with me, my life is photogenic. All right, let's read together. One to go. Hallelujah. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Stop, go back, go back, go back. And this is where I'm going, to, I'm going to just end it. You take the rest, go home, and look at it by yourself. For thou wast slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. Look at this. Out of every kindred. So what happens to your kindred people doesn't have to happen to you. You've been redeemed out of the kindred. Look at the next one. Out of every tongue. If it's a falling tongue, it's not your tongue. Failing tongue, that's not your tongue. Out of every tongue that, that speaks against the redemption is not your tongue. The tongue of scarcity, that's not your tongue. Out of every tongue and people, all right, you know, it is people that get sick. Amen. I guess what I'm saying. People can get sick. Animals can get sick. But guess what? You've been redeemed out of people. You are no longer a people, people. You are now a holy people. Chosen generation. So you are not just a people, people, any other people. As stray bullets can just touch you. Now you're now a holy people. So you've been redeemed from ordinary people. You have now come to holy people. So what happens to holy people happens to you. It says from every tongue, from every people, from every nation, by the blood, he has redeemed us. So what does the future look like for you? Photogenic. Why? Because you've been redeemed. Redeemed from every tongue. Listen, sir. What if, as you go through life, no sickness ever touches your body? Would that be attractive? Yes, sir. That's what I'm describing. Yes, sir. What if you don't have the complaints of the whole world? Everybody's failing, blah, blah, blah. They don't have money, but you always have. Would that be attractive? Okay, what if your communication with God is always intact? Every time you speak, he hears you. Is that attractive? You say, Lord, I need direction for something. And then he gives you direction. Is that attractive? Always attractive? Peace in your heart at all times? Is that attractive? That's the life I'm presenting to you. That's the life Jesus paid to give to you. And listen, brothers and sisters, that's a life deserving of your trust. Listen. Transfer your trust from the conversation of uncertainty. If I catch you talking uncertain talk, you say, I, 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 I don't know what will happen, what will be of my life. If I catch you talking uncertain talk, even if I'm not there, I don't have to be there. Listen, even if you cannot see a way out, still talk what God's word says. You wake up feeling funny in your body, say, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. If I catch you, 
talking on certain talk. Why do you talk like that? You know, people talk, Christianese talk in church. Yeah. Then when they go home, when pastor is not there, yeah. they say, ah, let's just be ourselves. Let's face reality. What kind of reality is that? No, by the way, you're not living for me. Yeah. Our reality is in Christ alone. Yeah. Train your spirit yeah. to only say what the word of God says. Yes. I speak yes. over you in the name of Jesus. Your life is attractive. Truly photogenic. All good things have come to you. All glorious things have come to you. Rise to your feet. Pray in the spirit, everybody. And declare it. I trust in the finished work of Jesus. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Share.